Welcome everyone to another episode of the In Real Deep Podcast, brought to you in part by Tazzini Media. I'm your host, Steve Cimino, senior writer at InRealDeep.com, and with us, as sometimes, is special guest contributor, Hulk. Hey, Hulk. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's a pleasure. We, you all may remember Hulk from the Furious 7 Megacast, and also from the Spectre Podcast. Is that correct? Oh, that's correct. Two of the best movies <laughs> to date. <laughs> We only bring you for the best stuff, and we also bring you when Andrew's parental duties take him away from the podcast. And unfortunately, Andrew has not had time to see uh, Captain America Civil War, so we brought Hulk in to pinch hit on this one. And we're going to talk a little bit about Captain America. It's still pretty fresh in our minds. We saw it together last weekend, I believe. That's correct. And it's, you know, made a million billion dollars, and people seem to really like it. And interestingly enough, which we'll get into, it also is being compared a lot to Batman vs Superman, and you know, a very similar in in general plot setup, I think, in a lot of ways. But you know, obviously, a lot better. And I don't think either one of us has seen Batman vs Superman. Have, oh, I've seen Batman. You've seen Batman, I've seen Batman, Batman vs Superman. So you can talk even more about it. Then. That's oh, great. Can. You're an even better guest now because I'm just it. speaking anecdotally. So <laughs> I'm glad that you can chime in. So let's get to it. Um, we, we saw Civil War together. I think we both liked it a lot. How do you feel uh, with a week behind you now? How do you feel about the movie? Now that I've had a week to really digest what happened in the movie, I actually like it more a week later than when I walked out of it. Because it gave me a chance to think about the comic book uh, source material, what actually happened in the movie. And overall, I think it's, uh, I'm going to say the second best for me personally, Marvel movie today but behind the first Avengers no behind for me my favorite was Guardians oh, okay oh, I, yeah, think, yeah. I think Guard- Marvel went out on a limb with Guardians is a lot of fun but Civil War is so you like Civil War more than Avengers I'm gonna say I like it more than Avengers because Civil War has some characters they like to have fun with like I think Ant-Man was a great addition to that and Spider-Man so you had this humor behind that and then Robert Downey kind of playing off that humor and it's just great interactions between all the characters. Yeah, I think that's true and I think they're, Marvel's at an interesting place now. We t- Andrew and I have talked a lot about it on other podcasts and written about it and all sorts of stuff but they're in an interesting place where they can sort of they have such a they've just made so many movies at this point they have so many characters at their disposal and I feel like they can not necessarily take risks although like I said Guardians was sort of a risk because it was so, no one knew who they were it was you know a cast of relative not unknowns but not really famous people but in these movies in Civil War in particular you can tell they don't take it very seriously like they take it serious enough because it matters to the characters but they allow for a lot of levity there's a lot of fun moments like they mm-hmm. recognize that these they have these sort of eclectic people now or these you know people a lot of people that are matched into the avengers stories but from different places and with different you know with different needs with different you know drives behind them and i feel like they do a good job of trying to make everybody's sort of sort of count in their own little way and they don't skimp on if someone's funny or if someone's a joke like obviously the idea of ant-man is sort of ridiculous and the ant-man movie sort of made fun of that a bunch of it but in this one, he's allowed to just be himself. Like he's just this weird character who pops in and is like feels sort of out of place, and then uses his wacky powers to sort of. But but it all works. Like they've that's the most impressive thing I think that they've done is they've in this and then at least the first Avengers movie, not so much the second one, but they found a way to bring everyone together in a sort of logical fashion that that suits the characters, which I think is a big ask because there's when there's twelve different personalities you're trying to balance over the course of one movie, it's tough to put them all in one place for a good reason. And I'm glad you used the word personality because I think one of the reasons that Marvel has such such success with these movies is they remember that the superhero, like for instance, like Iron Man, that's only like a, the alter ego of Tony Stark, and they don't skimp out on the actual human aspect of all these superheroes. You have the Ant Man character, you know, you have Paul Rudd being 
basically Paul Rudd and being mm-hmm. humorous, but he's still Ant Man. Yeah. And you have Tony Stark and Robert Downey Jr. You have all those personality from the Robert Downey Tony Stark aspect when he's not being Iron Man. Mm-hmm. The same thing with you even have Hawkeye, who's I think supposed to be kind of like a stiff, but he's always like sarcastic during these battles, like and things of that nature. There's a very human aspect to all these superheroes, which is tough to not compare these things. You mentioned before Batman or Superman. Those are just they're like statues walking around. Like yeah. Batman and Superman. After watching that movie, there's. Superman is always in Superman garb. He's never not Superman. Yeah, Clark Kent is barely a he's not even a character. It's like a joke. Exactly. So you have Marvel being able to and then mix in those personalities like during battles or while they're still being Iron Man or still being Spider Man or still being Ant Man. Yeah. I think it just adds a lot more to a movie that isn't necessarily like you see with your eyes. Yeah, and I think in this movie they they you know take it upon themselves to bring other characters they bring spider-man into the fold which is you know a no-brainer once they're able because everyone loves spider-man and it where it was in the comic the civil war comic mm-hmm. and then it suits this movie but also one of the best things that a lot of people talked about and that i know we both loved was black panther came into the movies and in a way that is contrived but but makes sense like that this is there's this nation that is upset by you know that has been the avengers have negatively impacted them and they're pissed off and oh and, and the guy the prince just happens to have power not powers but he's super good at fighting and has a cool suit and like but but i think and maybe maybe cool is the most important part of that whole thing is that he's he comes in and is instantly kicking ass and doing fun stuff and and really and is well thought out and put together and like it just they just seem to have a knack for introducing these characters that are that really work within the world they set up and it never feels it never feels wooden it never feels forced in the sense it feels forced but from like a story perspective like you get like it's like oh well that's very convenient that wakanda is now involved but whatever like that's the world like it doesn't it's you know and it always pays off in a really satisfying way which is really nice no i agree and in terms of you know the contriveness of wakanda to Marvel's credit, I mean, they set up Wakanda in the second Avengers movie. Yeah. That's where Ultron went to get all the vibranium to make his super drill, I guess, is what he was making that movie to rocket the meteor. Yeah, whatever it is. Stupid um, plan. And make his, <laughs> make his other Ultron bots. Yeah. But, uh, like, they set, they set up Wakanda. Like, they made yeah. a point. They made Bruce Banner make some joke how to, like, how do you pronounce Wakanda. Like, yeah. So they, they set it up. So we'd all think, like, um, that's a thing. Like, so it's, that's, it's a thing. It matters. And uh, They have a plan. They always, they always, they yeah. do have, like, a well, I know they have this big stupid pride you know map on their wall yeah. of like where they're going but so far they've stuck to it and it does it makes logical sense in their world and into a to kind of piggybacking your point of black panther I was, one of the aspects i love is that when they're in the airport and they were fighting and it looks i think black panther was fighting bucky in some kind of airport cafeteria or the un cafeteria whatever wherever they're fighting mm-hmm. um he wasn't even in his black panther costume he was still going toe-to-toe with bucky just to show i guess my point is that black earth he didn't show up and he wasn't a pushover. He out the gate he was just kicking ass. Yeah. I mean he was just punching Bucky in the face and yeah. Bucky has his Iron Man arm. And what better and, way to make you like somebody being like, just, Look, this guy's very tough and very cool. And also he didn't he didn't care about the superheroes. He's like, You guys are coming to my country and stirring shit up. Yeah. I'm gonna defend it. And I don't care if you're Iron Man, I don't care if you're I just Bucky. happen to be a superhero. I don't care but... if you're Captain America. <laughs> yeah. This isn't your country. It was a really good way to bring him in. It was hard to not, you know, understand where he was coming from, understand his perspective, and like, of course he would do that. Like he's just a regular person who is defending his homeland. Like that's a very 
good way to bring a new character into the store. I feel like it's very easy to get behind. It's also easy easier to do when you instantly kill his dad in one of them. <laughs> that, that, that helps in most superhero movies. But that did blow up with a vengeance. But but I think and like I think one of the things they're really great at too is casting. I think Chadwick Boseman was really good in it. Yeah. Like he just had this stoicness and this seriousness behind him that I feel like really made you buy into the character. Like they just hit home runs with pretty much everybody. Like, I can't think of anyone they've cast that I feel like is bad like the new Tom Holland was the new Spider-Man yeah. he was great like they got a good kid like his interactions with Robert Downey Jr. were good like his his youthful sort of irreverence when he's in the fight like made sense like I just I think they're just hitting home runs with all these guys I agree and and girls. I think my biggest uh, reservation I have with any casting so far was Paul Rudd as Ant-Man mm-hmm. but as we've seen I want to say Ant-Man was my favorite Marvel movie to date but it's still fun to watch because yeah. you get to watch Paul Rudd act, and it's it's always a treat. Yeah, and, then, and it's fun to see him. Like you said, it's fun to see him in this movie, like interacting yeah. with Captain America. And he's like, "Oh, hey, Captain America!" Yeah. Like it's so stupid. Yeah, but it works, and he's just Paul Rudd. But that's okay. Like yeah. they found a way to shoehorn that in, which makes sense. And it's also, I think, important because these are comic books at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and some level of humor should be there. I think yeah. Paul Rudd brings that brother fresh air especially something next to Chris Evans Captain America who's yeah. supposed to be the Patriot good boy yep. and it just works really well yeah I agree so I mean I don't know it's it's interesting like these are all part of a bigger plan and like the whole point of each of like the you know the Avengers movies traditionally as they made a couple of them have been like the the end of a uh, little arc they're trying to tell this is sort of uh a new, not a new approach per se, but it was called Captain America. The idea is, you know, that, that sort of implies that Captain America is your protagonist and your hero. And but obviously they bring in all the other superheroes as well. It's it sort of replaces Avengers two, at least from like a quality standpoint, as as a pivotal moment in in the the story they're trying to tell here. And it also I think is interesting because. It's 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 opening the door to a whole like they're they're biting off a lot with these movies like this was obviously extremely expensive extremely a lot to organize a lot to put together so many different threads they had to tie up and now they're just going to explode into space pretty much when they introduce all the when they bring the guardians in the fall and they bring Thanos like they've said that there's going to be sixty characters in and whatever the the next big Avengers you know the Thanos battles they're going to have. What do you like? Is 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 it good? Like, are you are you like? Are, this is a, a fun movie. I think we can both agree we really enjoy this a lot. What do you think going forward? Like, do you want it to keep growing and building, or you're like, are you do you see a, a fall from grace coming at some point? Just because just because it's too much to handle. That is tough to answer. So I, I guess to get to the long or the uh, short answer to your question, I'm good. I'm glad to see it get bigger, and I. Well, and I say because how many different countries can they go to and destroy a major city? Mm-hmm. It, it, you keep getting that, and then I get it. You're going to some other country, some other major city, portal opens, army of... <laughs> yeah, Dupont. robots or aliens or robots bugs or, or dinosaurs. <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to fight, fine. That's, that's great. Um, but I, So it, it makes logical sense now. I mean, the next Thor, I know Thor Ragnarok is going to be in space. Yeah. Guardian, we already have space with the Guardians. They're going to have space again with Guardians 2. Um and even with Doctor Strange coming out this year, I think, I think yeah. in November, that's like the next dimensional dimension, like <laughs> spectral plane sort of stuff. Like you're getting all these like weird, yeah. You get Marvel's going to all these different areas, and frankly, I mean, I would say it sounds dumb, yeah. but so far for me, Marvel's batting a thousand. Yeah, so I trust, I trust much. what they're doing. Um, it does it, make sense too, because like you said, there's only so many worlds on Earth that you can engage in. There's only yeah. so many places. When you start including, it, it gets dicey when you start bringing it into the spectral realm. But per, maybe they've rightly realized that they've there's at some point they're gonna have tapped out their 
their Earth-related stories, and they're going to have to tell other ones. And it's funny when you... So, it's clear that the whole point of all these movies is Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. And technically, the Infinity Stones are basically what created the universe. So, we're getting literally to the point of the beginning of the universe. <laughs> so, when you say, like, spectral realm or space, it's like, that's actually small compared to what Thanos is literally going to have on his hand, which is what created all existence. That's true. So, sure, let's go to space. Let's fight... Let's have Hulk and Thor fight in space. Oh, yeah, sure. And it, I guess, and it's sort of. I mean, again, like I'm, I, we don't know exactly where they're going. We can guess because these are already written comics, and you know. But it does. It it seems like they're gonna big, 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 and then there's gonna be a blow up, and then it's gonna rever- everyone's gonna sort of go home and sort of probably do their own thing again. So that that does seem you know that's worked so far. It's you know, and in this particular movie, I think it'll be interesting when they get to Thanos. But just for looping back to Civil War. They they've definitely they've run into a villain problem, if maybe not a problem, but sort of a conundrum. They have to sort of work their way around in a lot of these movies because you know they have these big fights. They want to have these big battle scenes. They want to have all of the Avengers punching and kicking and beating the crap out of assorted foes. But usually the villain is one villain. It's a robot. It's low key. Like you know there isn't really been. It's tough to in the comics. It's easier to have. I feel like a villain behind the scenes pulling strings and there doesn't have to be a giant blow up million dollar fight scene. But in the in the books they have to do that. Here they sort of go around that by having you know Zemo be be the string puller behind the scenes and then the superheroes just fight each other that's not going to work in every movie but it's a really logical place to go for this one and it led to you know the scene that probably made you like this more than anything else which is that airport scene that you mentioned when literally they're just in a circle fighting each other cameras swirling around there's like a 20 minute fight scene it's fun it's like i've heard people say it's like the epitome of comic book movies to this point that's what we all want to go see these big colorful guys and girls just doing their cool stuff fighting each other and i think that it's 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 a nice it's good like it, like they seem to be answering not their criticisms again but like they seem to be aware of, of potential and actual flaws in the stories they're telling and trying to find ways to to work those out and I think that's what you said I think that's part of what makes it fun that they're batting a thousand is as as you know they're pumping these out with efficiency but they seem to be really aware of where they could potentially go wrong. No, I agree. I definitely agree with the uh, the supervillain fallacy. What they thought armies of robots they fought armies of aliens mm-hmm. um, be, I mean, and it has to be giant armies because they're so powerful you have yeah. someone like Hulk who's literally impervious to yeah. Hulk well, who could beat Hulk so like you need, no you one need, you need an entire army yeah um, but then what's the next step you fight they fight each other yeah and then to get to your point of where do you go from there it almost has to go to space it has to go yeah. to other worlds probably fight some aliens again or aliens something again yeah um I mean, Thanos is huge too, so that'd be like um, he, he's gigantic, right? Isn't that one of his things? Like maybe, but I think because that I mean if you think about Guardians, when the Infinity Stones had the ability to, if you punch the Earth, everything's vaporized. Yeah, he has that power now. That's true. He gets that stone. Like he's just going to be this all-powerful entity. Yeah. And how they're actually going to fight him is going to be interesting. How they do. Um, but going back to Civil War, I'm interested to see how they're actually going to get to there because how Civil War ended. The Avengers are, I guess, splintered in terms of whose side each other on. I know at the end of the movie, Captain America sent Tony Stark a cell phone saying, "Give me a call. I'm there whenever you, I'm there whenever you need me." Sort of thing. Because mm-hmm. Stark was actually in Avengers Tower or wherever the base is now. So yeah. I guess Iron Man is still the leader of the Avengers, and Captain America's got to go do some soul searching, figure out what he wants, hang out in Wakanda, maybe. Uh, that's that, sort yeah, of what that's they imply. He was deep freezing Bucky because Bucky's brainwashed. Yeah. And then, Even though Bucky's spending the entire movie trying to not go back to jail, 
he's back right? in jail. But now he's just voluntarily returned himself to jail. Because if, if you tell him like words like homecoming and <laughs> yeah, couch, he goes nuts. Yeah. Um, but I, I, again, that's all fine. Whatever they got to do to get to that next movie that I'm inevitably going to see, like yeah, again, like someone like Doctor Strange, I know very little about Doctor Strange. Yeah, and I won't say I'm excited for the movie. But I'm going to go see that movie to see yeah. how they're going to tie this guy into everything else. Sure, absolutely. So they sort of created this anticipation where it's not so much... I mean, you want to see the movie because you, you have an innate trust now that you're going to be entertained. Yeah. But you also are like curious as to how they're even going to make it work like it seems so weird like i'm i need to i need to just get a sense of how this is even going to make sense which is good that seems to be a sustainable as weird as it sounds that's been a really good business model for them so far just keep you wondering and then especially in this part too because they're as they're running out of the or as they're running out of the marketable characters that you know and love let's let's make them let's make them wonder what dr strange is really going to be and then let's see what happens when we get there no yeah marvel i you know, go forth and conquer whatever you do. I mean, I'm going to go see it, whatever, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, that's true. And as long as they keep casting the right people, like, like you said about Spider-Man, like I'm excited for the Spider-Man movies now. Yeah, which was which you would have thought was crazy because I know I saw the first Andrew Garfield Spider-Man and it was not good. And then they had a second one that I didn't even bother to go see. Paul Giamatti was Rhino apparently for 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the movie, you see it? Oh yeah. Okay. I've seen all all these dumb movies. <laughs> um, but yeah, but, but at that point, like everyone had sort of given up on. Spider-Man, at least for now, like, and, and everyone also feared the eventual reboot because they're not going to let Spider-Man just sit there. They got to do something. So the only like, but now just just putting him in this movie for twenty minutes has you know, God only knows how much enthusiasm and and you know excitement they've built up with just this very smart thing, which which made this movie better too. So it's like this weird intersection of commerce because obviously Spider-Man: Homecoming is going to make. 500 million dollars either way it might do even better now that people are so excited and then in in entertainment because we get to see this character be in this other world like it's it's a nerd thrill but it also makes the movie a better movie because why not have another fun character be in it like it's just more enjoyable for everybody no i agree and keep on spider-man one one thing with civil war is i never quite understood um i mean not i say it like it's been around for like five years it's been around for a week (laughs) um never how quickly and how easily did Tony Stark convince Spider-Man to fight Captain America? It's like, dude, I need your help. You got to punch Captain America in the face. Yeah, he's a legend, legendary combatant. Killed a lot of people. Is super powered. Like, literally he, has a serum that makes him stronger he's than got everybody. That impervious shield. I need you to fight him for me. Yeah. And, and Spider-Man's like, no, sure, why not? Yeah. Which is great because they, he had all these funny quips during the fight. But it's a, it's a, I just found it funny because in the actual comic source material, the whole point. Like one of the big uh, turning points of that of the uh, whole series is they're kind of pushing and pulling for which side Spider-Man is going to go on to. Mm-hmm. And in the comic books, the big reveal, the whole point of the comic books, that super superheroes had to register who they were yeah. and disclose their secret identities. Mm-hmm. So the government has some kind of control over them. And the first person to do it was actually Spider-Man went on TV and took off his mask and said, "I'm Peter Parker. I'm." Which is like the, the the huge moment in in the, in the comic book history. Yeah, everyone yeah. realized who Spider-Man actually is. Um, so I'm glad they brought Spider-Man into it because he he was important in the, in the comics there. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he in this uh, particularly in Civil War he was a little less important. I mean clearly the original plan was not to have Spider-Man in it, yeah, because of the uh, right issues. And then thank goodness Marvel, you know, cut cut the deals. You know, fi- you know, get, got those wrinkles out of there because I think he fit really well in there. But uh, they didn't really have that big reveal moment in this because I feel like yeah I understand the difference between 
Iron Man wanted to have this UN sign this document, the uh, Sokovia Accords, or yeah, whatever that is. And then I, or Captain America is like, there was too much control, too much oversight, you know, major privacy. I don't think it was ever, there was never really a right answer, and there was no clear bad guy, which maybe that's, that's the whole point. Yeah. You, you choose your side, and you're like, oh yeah, whatever. Um, but I think like there was no pivotal moment in that movie, which the comic books had. Yeah. So I think that's something that kind of lacked. Yeah, but that's true. That being said, a week, again, a week out from it, it's not affecting my opinion on it. I think that's another. I think it's, it would have been something they could have addressed strong, more strong. Yeah, but it's interesting. Yeah, it's a good point too because they really don't. Like I said, the Captain America's name is on the movie, so you ostensibly think he's you know he's your hero because they don't you don't name a movie after someone who's not your guy. But they really don't make it clear who like they don't even seem to really pick a side who's right or who's wrong. And again, that that is probably going to be at some point they'll probably just patch up their differences and it won't really matter because Thanos is going to come blow up the earth and they're like well we need the Avengers so let's cut all this paperwork bullshit out but it is interesting they do they do they don't have any sort of uh like the sides are pretty evenly set like everyone sort of sort of gravitates to the logical choice for them there's no real you know pushing and pulling for each everyone sort of accepts that, that that person has joined that particular team and there's no moment of you know, of battling for someone or having someone make which which is which would have added more drama to it maybe or made it more like impactful perhaps like what people really so it sort of does is to its detriment because it does fit in as part of the larger story. All these movies are sort of like even the Avengers movies are like a you know a brief adventure with insert name here and they go off and they do something and everyone has a good time and then it sort of if not resets then puts them in the place for the next adventure. So every like and that's not bad. That's what a comic book essentially is for the most part, minus those like big giant you know graphic novel type ones that are larger stories. A lot of them are just Spider-Man fights uh, Vulture, you know, like and and nowadays I feel like it's skewing more towards the larger stories, but for. 30 years it was just what villain is Captain America going to fight next oh that guy and he throws a shield at him and, and probably and, Red Skull cause yeah probably Red Skull else. Red Skull's pulling the strings but so but it is it is to their detriment in terms of how they present I feel like some of these stories because it's not so much about making impactful choices that will resonate throughout the universe as much as setting up a story that can be told in two hours and then knocked out you know and right. then set you in place for the next one so it would have been. I, I, I do now. That I didn't even think about that, but it is a really good point. I think that they could have had more of the. That, that's a lost element of the books that would have been harder to put in there. But it was the crux of everything. Like just reporting for the government is, is obviously they. I can see why in the story they might not want to do that. But being forced to reveal yourself and put your loved ones at risk because you know. But 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 with the promise of the government's protection and assistance has way more weight to it than that. Like that is more. But as they're expanding their their look, you know, up into space when and other dimensions. There's probably not so much interest, in from Marvel's perspective, in telling those more grounded stories at this point. That makes sense, right now. Rather get lost in the weeds on earthly, yeah, movie tropes. Yeah, they, they realize that they're going to go bigger and better somewhere else. So let's which, tell this cool story, and you which know, makes sense. I just feel like in Civil War, oh, for this movie at least, the stakes are just a little higher. Yeah, because the end of the Civil War comics book, Captain America gets killed. Yeah, like I, I was thinking myself because I, I was trying to avoid all spoilers. I thought someone was going to die. And reading just like, you know, months leading up to this and the last couple of years, like contract kind of coming up. I know Chris Evans was only signed up through Civil War, thinking this would be a good time to kill him off. Yeah. At the end of Civil War. 
Um, and then, of course, bring him back for Infinity War somehow. Sure. Through comic magic. Through magic. Space magic. Yes. Yeah, so Someone magic. gets the, invi- <laughs> the uh, gauntlet and punches his corpse and he's back. Yeah. Fine. I don't yeah. care. But some, I think they tried to do that by, quote-unquote, paralyzing uh, Don Cheadle or War Machine. Yeah. But then they immediately gave him Iron Man legs. Yeah. Which he had trouble and utilizing, he, I guess. But, but he'll buy that by the next one. He'll be just fine. When you're literally making, like, War Machine, why not just be in your War Machine shoot forever? Like, I know. You can just be in that. And then, yeah. Or why not kill War Machine and then have someone else... Take over the war. Like it would. Uh, that my next question to you was literally going to be, do you wish they had killed someone or done something more impactful, you know, in the movie? And I think, I think there was like there's just too many. Like I would not have minded if someone had died because one one thing I liked about the movie is I liked that they sort of implied. Um, at least in one conversation between, I think, uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye, that they were pulling their punches a little bit. They weren't... They were sort of just fighting as opposed to trying to kill each other. Like, it wasn't so much, let's let's uh, let's take these other people down like and literally murder them. It was more right. like, let's slow them down or not let them accomplish their objective because because they, weren't, they were friends and they didn't want to kill their friends, but they did recognize that they had to fight. And I thought that was good because... You figure that eventually, like, if they were fighting for real, someone is going to... Like, they're, these, they're so powerful. Like, someone's going to kill somebody. So I feel like it gave you a good reason, you know, in the movie why nothing... Like, it, it, it provided some logic as to why no one actually did die or why no one did get really hurt besides, like, the accident with War Machine. But, on the other hand, it would have made a lot... It would have just mattered a lot more had someone gotten killed. Like, I just think it would have... A would have helped them a little bit because they got to cut a character, and I think at some point they got to start cutting some of these characters. There's just too many. And B would have been like, oh, like this. There are ramifications for for this. Like everything, it just doesn't like feel. You know, even though comic books, like you said, kill people and bring them back constantly, it still, you know, matters when someone dies for the most. Even if you know in the back of your head they're coming back in a month or a year, it still means something and still helps you know tell the tale you're trying to tell and i think in this situation they they might have been able i, I kind of wish they'd pulled the trigger on taking someone out for at least a little while no i agree and in terms of what i was saying before about how the stakes weren't high enough i think killing someone off would have raised that stake like they, they realized like what are what holy shit what are we doing mm-hmm. one of our comrades was just killed either by our, our own hands or because we were fighting they ended up getting killed whether how they died is I wouldn't necessarily say it as important as the fact that they did die. Yeah. And I think they tried to do that with Iron or uh, War Machine by making him paralyzed. But again, like you said, they, like in the how uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow are pulling those punches, the directors almost pulled their punches by like, yeah, now he's just, he's paralyzed, but we're going to immediately give him the robot legs to yeah. show him walking. So he's not, I'm sure he's still paralyzed, but he's still moving around. Yeah. I feel like they, they either should have just permanently paralyzed him he's no longer War Machine. Yeah. Or he should have died when he crashed. Like yeah. He said, like, and then realized, like, wow, what are we doing? Yeah. And then if that, you know, if he literally died in Iron Man's arms in that field, Iron Man could be like, I'm what? super this sad is, and super mad. This is why we have so much power. We can easily do this. This is why we have to sign this UN yep. Accord thing. I think it would have raised the stakes to just amp up a little bit and have a more impact to the overall movie. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think it's sort of a, you know, I, I like Don Cheadle. No, he's a great actor, but... He doesn't have much to do in these movies anyway, you know. Jer- we were we were talking before on Jeremy Renner show. Actually, to provide context, we're we're our, our friends and I do Halloween every year, and Hulk and I are we, this year we're doing Marvel costumes. So we were literally discussing who should be what character before we got into this podcast. And so one of our friends was talking about being Clint Barton, aka Hawkeye, and we were just you know cool you get to carry bow and arrow that's nice like and if he's listening to this there's the make you you know don't feel you know we're not mocking your choice of course but 
Um, there's just only there's you know th- he gets five minutes in every movie and he doesn't stand out like he does and and a lot of the movies like a lot of the characters don't really get time to do anything like usually once a movie you get you get a scene or you get a moment of resonance or something that really matters but then you're sort of just among the Avengers and if you're not big enough to get your own movie where your name's in front of the title you don't really you're never gonna you know you, you sort of become a replaceable part you become you look cool basically like it's really yeah. you're an action figure you're like you're colorful you're on screen everyone likes seeing you but you don't really matter so those, those characters don't exist to be killed off but they don't you know it's it, they retain that ability yeah they retain the like they they their options to to be used to tell to 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 move things along and, and amp up the emotion and get you a little more excited so basically you know it's 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 just when you, when you someone says they want to be clinton barton for halloween it's like oh you mean the guy like who shoots the arrows <laughs> like hawkeye yeah who would even people wouldn't even know who you are They'd be like are you robin hood or are you like katniss Erding? <laughs> yeah so it's just tough, and it's and, it, and it's the you know, and even in the comics, like Hawkeye, but but Hawkeye can get his own spinoff and can get a twelve-page issue where Hawkeye has Hawkeye adventures, and that's probably super fun. But he's just Maybe. not he's not leading his own, you know, he's not getting yeah. his own movie. And I think for the Civil War, that would have been a great character to maybe kill off, yeah, only because he's not super powered, mm-hmm. and it would have been a great thing for Iron Man. So I'd be like, hey, he died during this battle that we were all fighting each other. Someone's War Machine's missile went, or my repulsor blast went astray and killed. Hawkeye for no mm-hmm. reason. Somehow, one of the supers kills Hawkeye accidentally. Iron Man could, be like, could have been like, "Hey, we're so powerful. We accidentally killed one of our own comrades. Yeah, we killed a human. We, were like, we killed yeah, again. A he's guy. A, he's just he's a guy. Avenger, but he has no powers. He yeah. can't defend. He has a bow and arrow. He yeah. really has the worst technology <laughs> yeah. against the best. And technology. he somehow is doing a great job he's in surviving all of these battles. But I think that would have been a good moment. Yeah. More, more so than the or the uh, War Machine moment because he had the War Machine. Yeah, costume and logistically, suit. if they're going into space, what are Black Widow and Hawkeye going to do in space? They 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 cannot be in space. Exactly. They they have no space training. They're not astronauts. They're not like they 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 are close up fighters or they shoot projectiles. Like they will not be able to fight Thanos in any real way or any other of these races that are probably yeah out in space. These whatever, like, giant whatever monsters Drax is from or Groot is from. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, or Gamora the tree people. From. Yeah, All these super power like. I'm assuming innately superpowered. Like if yeah. Drax is that he's just that's his race and he's yeah. just amazing to begin with. <laughs> yeah. So like the people like you know Hawkeye and Black Widow have to go into space. Even it's not like Captain America who's superpowered to a degree. Yeah. If you actually read stats, he has the above Olympic level athleticism. As yeah. They, you know, his like as, <laughs> yeah. as he's uh, build like even he can almost do nothing in space. Yeah. He, he the shield, sure, but you know, it's need just a. Bu- for Tony Stark to make a bunch of Iron Man suits yeah. and actually fight and everyone people. just flies around also you to remember, remember these people can't breathe in space without yeah. suits or something like, no they can't how they're going to do how they're going to get to space through all these other movies yeah and I think but I think you said because I think Civil War is actually movie one of phase three yeah is that the official designation I think, I think that's what it is it's movie okay. one of phase three which is good it feels like a reset almost yeah everyone's splintered War Machine's injured um Iron Man kind still. Of. At, he's just. I mean, he's not. He, I guess he could still fight if he gets back in the, in the war. Yeah, he's probably fine in the suit. He's just not great in real life. Yeah, which sure. sucks for him. Um, Widow, I'm, I'm, I imagine she's going to be mentally incapacitated. Uh, not Widow, I'm sorry, Scarlet Witch, because she. The reason the whole thing started is because she accidentally killed some, a bunch of people, and that was mm-hmm. actually in the comics, not her, but some young superhero blew up a school bus or a school. Case. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that started the whole thing. I forgot about that. That's um, right. And that's what Widow's or I keep saying Widow. Scarlet Witch's moment was supposed to be because she crossbones whoever that actor is yeah put him into 
fireball mode and threw him in the air, but it blew up a building instead and killed yeah. a bunch of people. Killed the Wakandans. That was supposed to be that same moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure she's all mentally incapacitated. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vision's a little sad. Vision's sad. But it's funny, they, they kind of hinted at the Vision, Scarlet Witch romance a little bit. By yeah. Saying, I want to start feeling stuff, or I think I feel stuff, or things of that nature. Sure, yeah. Which, again, he has an Infinity Stone in his head, so he should be like the ultimate Avenger. Like, he should have no problems doing He it. should just be able to kill all of them. Like, Let's do it all. barely even, like, it's hard to even get him into the. How he had problems with against Ultron robots is still confusing <laughs> to me. Yeah. Because he can do anything he wants. He has yeah. a stone, but. He should just be able to wipe them all off the face but, there. But I guess they kind of made a point this one to say he's still trying to understand where it is in his head. That's true. So maybe he didn't have full control. Yeah. Um,. But yeah, back to Civil War for a second. In terms of the Phase One movie or Phase Three first movie, how everyone's splintered. I think it's a good reset button. Now they can introduce, I guess, uh, Doctor Strange and how that's going to factor in. Go back to Guardians. Uh, go back to Guardians. Another Thor. There's another Thor, which apparently Hulk and Thor are going to fight in that one. I think. Oh, gonna... that's why they were gone from this one. They were the, 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 they were like in the timeline. They were doing their own little fight. In Avengers in, in Age of Ultron, Hulk kind of uh, segregates himself in the group because he knows he is a threat to the world um and there's that whole comic book storyline of planet hulk where iron man professor rex and a bunch of other reed richards from fantastic four they kind of form a group called the illuminate and they send they're like hulk's too much of a problem we're going to make a decision here and they basically just shoot him in outer space and say we're, you're, we're done with you because and hulk apparently lands on a planet literally called battle planet um i forget what the actual name of it is i want to say but um, they've mentioned that whatever planet that was that raced people there, they mentioned that race in Guardians. Oh. So that they're establishing that. And right now, a lot of prediction is that Thor is going to eventually end up on that planet for whatever reason. And he's going to fight like some kind of gladiatorial event. And then Hulk's going to come out as the champion. Yeah. Whatever. whatever that's just the is. Hulk's planet. And that's and again, there's that whole Planet Hulk storyline where he, con- he basically conquers. Yeah. Is, is this the whole Spartacus theme? Sure. The whole thing. That would be fun. I know to give them again. That, that gives them an, if if that's the way they go. Once they finish their big battle, it gives them an excuse to break people up again and send like it, like and that's and that's the good thing about the comics. I feel like in general is they they were also looking for ways to keep people separate and and make the make the the reunions and the come together moments that much more exciting. So if they do something like that, that's that would be really fun. And I hope that's the kind of thing they're building towards because those are some really like from hearing about that's some really cool stories. And it doesn't require any sort of it can sort of be its own standalone. It doesn't have to necessarily even fit into the story. It's like Thor's just on a planet and Hulk's there, and yeah. they you know like it's very straightforward. And I know Kevin Feige is they've been actually saying it's going to be a Hulk Thor movie mm-hmm. so imagine like I'm not sure why they wouldn't do Planet Hulk I mean granted that's just me being a fanboy we're set it up even if they don't do it yet like I know there's a problem with doing actual Hulk movies right now because I think Universal owns the rights to distribute Hulk movies yeah. so it's some kind of again it's a rights thing mm-hmm. but I think now with the success of Spider-Man and you know different studios playing ball and different companies playing ball with each other yeah. maybe the studios can like, realize like maybe we can't do this right Maybe we can just get some cash for not doing anything at yeah, all. Yeah, and just sure. license to give Marvel back. Don't give them back in full, but be like, hey. Do what you want, but we're going to get some cash. Yeah, we want some of those Marvel bucks, yeah. and you can make your Hulk movie. And I'm sure, and that's, I mean, granted, I'm not seeing any of these dollars or having any input at all, but that sounds great to me. <laughs> it does, yeah. That sounds perfect. And that's the thing, like, that's, this, like I said this earlier, but it's such an interesting thing to talk about, like, because as movie fans, like, we don't, I mean, Andrew and I talk about this all the time, but re- regular people, 
suddenly care more about box office and how much money a movie makes and how well it does because you want to see more of them and you sort of like have a weird rooting interest for Marvel in the sense of I hope the Doctor Strange movie for example does well because then they will make more unique weird Marvel movies as opposed to more Captain Americas and more Iron Mans which are fine but at some point you would like, like you'd like to see them try things different with Guardians which is why it's so great that Guardians did well but it's a very weird intersection of of all elements of of movie making because you think you just you traditionally you just go and see whatever's there like oh this movie's out i'll go see it that sounds cool but now because they're building off these giant franchises and because they are so expensive and they're so contingent on you know at least relative success with each one we sort of inadvertently get tied up in, in caring about how much money a movie makes or how you know how good it is in terms of appeal to everybody like it's no it's no longer enough for just you to like it and yeah. that's a it's a very and i wonder you know, part of me wonder if that's not part of their plan all along like if they know like if they're hoping at least that that they know how committed their fan base is and they're like if we start making a couple of these movies the groundswell for people wanting more of them and wanting us to keep telling the story is going to be so much that it's going to be almost impossible not to keep rolling and pumping them out. No, I agree, and it's funny you say that because I was looking at the. Uh, I mean, you were saying that you know fans care how much money they open the box office, and like, I wonder what the uh, three day haul for Civil War. I'm, like, I'm looking <laughs> up. I'm looking up at box office Mojo, like looking at the facts, and it's funny because box office Mojo I think knows all this because it was called like superhero showdown of movies that are relatively in the same time frame. And of course, we have Batman or Superman and Civil War, which the themes are more or less the same, mm-hmm. and they open within a month of each other. And of course, they're comparing the numbers. Um, I, I, before I click the link, I'm like, man, I hope Civil War just crushed Batman and <laughs> Superman because I, didn't, I, just, I really didn't like the movie Batman yeah. and Superman, um, which it ended up it beat it, but it didn't crush it by any. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure how the dollars in terms of the studio what they think of a crushes, mm-hmm. but it beat it, but it was it was so close. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just goes to show that I feel like if you just have even an entity you're gonna make so much money yeah regardless of if the quality of the movie is even there <laughs> but it's so funny to say because it's like it's like fake money when you talk about it it's like you can't it's literally true like billions of millions soon to be billions yeah. probably but you aren't looking at it as like one company gets all this money you're just looking at it as like a sort of a popularity index kind yeah. of like i like this i like this movie and this the way they do their business better so i hope they just crush the my yeah. and you know the bad guys <laughs> and i get it i totally understand but it's just such a weird way such a new way to look at things like it's sort of it involves you and removes you at the same time because you stop thinking of it as like my actual thirteen dollars yeah. is a small part of this giant pile of money that these people are making it's almost like you're literally funding a superhero war where they are attacking <laughs> other superheroes from a different company. It's and my thirteen dollars is going to make us win. It's a small, it's like a war bond, a very small war bond. And that my you traffic the box office mojo to check <laughs> yeah, in on the fight is, is going to tilt it in our favor. Yeah, it's side contributing yeah. to the whole process. Well, let's wrap up with that because I think that's an interesting thing. And I've never, like I guess that I never saw Batman vs Superman, so I can only comment that I thought it looked really stupid and I had no interest in going. But as someone who saw both of them. Just a little, like, what do you, what do you, what did Civil War do that you really liked that Batman Superman just didn't? To answer that, I don't think Civil War did anything. It, it did its own things right. It did a lot of things right. But it, I think you got to look at it from Marvel Studios versus Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers tried to catch up with Marvel in one movie. Mm-hmm. And that's, what, that's what they tried to do. And that did not work. Marvel took the time. It's been like 10 years since Iron Man 1 came out. I'm yeah. not sure what the actual time frame I was. I think about that, yeah. So they, they took 10 years to get this going and look where they are. With, when, they, when they actually put a little effort into it and maybe worked the movies, like, I didn't think Thor was going to work. 
I'll be the first one to admit when Iron Man was first announced, Iron Man One, I was like, Iron Man's a B is a B character in this yeah. in the comics. I'm, this is gonna be dumb. And look where we are now. Yeah. Now we're like they cast over Danny Junior, which is whoever did that move yeah. needs to be the person of the United States <laughs> because how there's no other person who could have done Iron Man. No, there's no way. It's he's so linked to making that work and. So you get back to Warner Brothers. Why they didn't offer Christian Bale just all the money in the studio to be Batman again? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they did. I don't know. But I feel like because they, they rebooted uh, Batman in a, in a movie, mm-hmm. they, they have Superman, which wasn't great anyways, and they introduced four of the characters in that same movie, but didn't really introduce them. They just like a little snippet on a .dot wave file on a computer somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That's how they did it. Is that really what it was? It was? Like a .dot move file. <laughs> like, and it so showed like, pictures of like Flash and and it showed like hidden cam- like security cam footage of. Aquaman and Flash and Cyborg. Was it Jason Momoa? Was it all the actors playing? Yeah, all the actors. It's like Lex Luthor had this, had this like Windows ninety five folder. He opened it up, <laughs> and they're calling meta human monitoring. He's like all these files. Like, oh, I know this person exists. It's just because they thought fans would be like, woo, exactly. picture of move so file like, of Flash. It was like two minutes of them, like ten seconds of each one. Wow. So they tried to get condense all this stuff in there and get back to your question. I think Marvel took the time and the care to build all these movies out, leading to Avengers movies and Civil War movies where Warner Brothers and Batman by Superman tried to do it all at once and maybe parts of it worked but overall it didn't really work yeah I think that's and that makes a lot of sense because like you said it takes to make like just the way you tell a story is you can't plop someone in front of you and go this is someone you care about like that's just not how it works like we'll innately reject that because who gives a shit about someone you're telling you can't tell someone to like something you need to you know you need to and like even with an existing property like the Avengers characters or the DC characters like we're gonna when we see Batman we're gonna be like oh cool Batman but that gets you in the door that gets you to like buy your ticket and go to the theater you would like to have a you know a reason why you you would like the Batman on your screen to do something that makes you like him or, or at least be interested in him and I feel like with like you said it seems like they're just they're trying to get to Justice League as fast as they can so they can make a whole bunch of money but what we everyone liked about Avengers so much is it really felt like when they came together it was a fun you know you you were actually anticipating seeing all these characters come to, you know it wasn't just it wasn't just a thing that was corporately built so you'd like it. it was obviously but there was some thought behind it there were some creative decisions made to to make anticipation that much greater and i could see it being i think that's a really good way to put it because it doesn't seem just as simple as that i mean just as a, an example, let's say they did Avengers, but they, they didn't do a Thor movie to date. And they just introduced Thor in the Avengers. Mm-hmm. That might not, that, I don't think that would work. Yeah. But they made a Thor movie. If he came in and was like, I'm Thor, I'm great. And everyone was like, you sure are. And then we were all... Now we're... Uh, all right. exactly. as, as, as movie watchers, that have been like, this is clearly just like a trope to wor- make this movie work. Yeah. But they took the time to make a Thor movie, which yeah. again, you know, several years ago when it actually happened, I would have said, maybe this won't work because it's Thor and... I don't really at that time I didn't know much about Thor mm-hmm. but now I mean, Thor's getting movies and, and those movies are actually relatively fun because they're not on Earth and they can take a lot more chances and do weird things mm-hmm. um, but you know compared to Batman for Superman again they introduced Wonder Woman um, and Gal Gadot who was fine as Wonder Woman I guess but she had really no speaking role and it's just a thing that now there's this new character with no movie to back it up and just kind of accept it yeah so, you sort of wish they had done a standalone Wonder Woman first and then when Wonder Woman walked in, everyone would have been, Woo! Wonder Woman's here! Yeah. And you would, but when Wonder Woman just walks in with no build-up besides that she's Wonder Woman, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. 
Well, granted, in Wonder Woman's defense, that was the best part of the movie. Yeah, that's good. Because so. she, she just, but she, and then she, they are making a standalone Wonder Woman movie too, I believe, right? Yeah. Or at least that was like the plan. No, they are. But again, I feel like they they put the uh, cart before the horse in this, and sure. they should have built up to these things. Maybe it's a little bit. Yeah, maybe should they, they should have done a Ben Affleck movie as Batman, just so we can reboot that character. Because we're now we're coming off the Chris Nolan series of Batman movies, which arguably some of the best superhero movies to date. Mm-hmm. Um. And then it's like, nope, forget all those. This is completely new. Yeah. Just accept it. Yeah. yeah it's the whole, like, new character. It's, it's more To me, it's more or less dropping a new character into a what should have been a established franchise. Yeah. They just rebooted it and started Just find that continuity. You have, the, the, they could have potentially found a way to make that work. It's probably really hard and perhaps really expensive, but it could have paid dividends. And now instead, they're, everyone sort of hated it to very much hated it. Yeah. And they made a billion dollars. But it's like, even, that, even the third Spider-Man movie with Tim McGuire made... A billion dollars, but everyone sort of sensed that this is the end of the road for yeah. this. Everyone was like, "Okay, th- this is this is about done here." We've no one really liked it, you know. It made a lot of money. That's because, but the next one is going to be a total tank, and that could mean that everyone sort of suspects that's going to be the case with DC, unless this Affleck Batman movie is a home run. But even then, people are going to go into that a little wary now, I think, because everyone's sort of, you know. They, they rushed it. They rushed. They went too hard. And, like, Marvel isn't, you know, that's not the only way to do things. But for such an ambitious endeavor like this, when they someone does it right, you should probably take notes as to how they did it. Because this could have blown up in their face countless times with all these movies. They could have lost so much money on some of these bad choices. Or not, well, they could have seen bad choices. Right. And, like you said, Thor was kind of weird. Guardians was very weird. Even Ant-Man. Iron, Ant-Man was weird. And, they, and Ant-Man did, you know, was, was, was fine. It didn't hurt them in any way. And then the original one, Iron Man, was super risky back in the day so they've the fact that they've managed to make all these work is a testament to just really like not you don't want to call it good filmmaking because it's it's you know mass entertainment but but it still is there's there's elements of it that are really really well done and it's you can't just do it like if sort of i always say this about when people give michael bay shit it's like Okay, Michael Bay is not the best director in the entire world, but you couldn't just pop some dude in there and make a Michael Bay movie. Like, for all we make fun of it, they're meticulously crafted. Like, I know as a Transformers fan, (laughs) you'll you'll agree. But they're meticulously made, like, ridiculous, but but with a purpose. Like, and, and they're not all great. Some of them are really transcendently good like for me Armageddon some of them are like the fourth Transformers movie probably was a little shitty but there's he's a huge producer that's the end. Yeah, that's right. yeah but there's but still like it's not as easy as as you know as some like critics myself probably included sometimes will make you believe that anyone could just pop down and do it like Zack Snyder is anyone and he's not doing a great job he's not batting a thousand by any means and actually that's what kills me about the whole Batman Superman thing because I walked in I've seen a lot of Zack Snyder's work and I've always been a fan of 300. I just thought, I, mean, that was, I think part of it was the novelty of the, all the green screens, like slow motion stuff he was doing. Mm-hmm. It was unique to that time, so it worked really well in 300. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, we needed some old school Zack Snyder in this Batman vs. Superman flick. In 300, there's that scene where it's, it's sort of like side scrolling where Leonidas is just like slow motion, just punching people in the face and like kicking and fighting, <laughs> like basically down the line. That would have been a great Batman scene. Mm-hmm. Batman in slow motion, just fighting guys. Yeah. Not pulling out his shotgun, not. That's some good visceral fun right there. Just that's what Batman I does. Think it, it could have done. It could have done a lot more with the movie than they did. I think and the editing was, was so poor. It was all over the place. The dream sequences. Yeah. I mean, even just telling it to you, it sound. It, <laughs> you're not definitely not. I know you're not trying to, but it doesn't. It makes me. It makes me feel very good about my you choices. Made, you made a good decision. So yeah, I'm glad to hear that. That's good, and I'm glad that Civil War was an example of of something done well. And you know, you can you can. 
nitpick it. And so I saw some people are less high on it as, as we are talking about it right now. But I think it's hard to argue with it that it was really fun, really, you know, very well made for what it was. And, you know, right in Marvel's wheelhouse. And it was exactly what they've been doing this whole time, which is make quality mass entertainment enjoyable movies for the you know that with with some thought behind it which again which is not a lot of those and it's 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 I, I as long as they keep doing stuff like this I'm I like you said I'll keep going to see all of them because there's no reason to assume they're not going to be as the next one's not going to be as good exactly I except agree. for Ultron Ultron was terrible <laughs> but the, the internet wizard yeah the internet the internet robot didn't work out too well but when that's your only miss and even that wasn't terrible but it was pretty close to terrible yeah, that's yeah. strong, but that's for <laughs> that's, another day. That's for another day. We'll loop back on Mon and Age of Ultron at some point. So, anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Head to nrealdeep.com when you get a sec. You can read our Civil War, my Civil War review, get a little more details on what I thought about it in written form. And there'll be plenty of other big... Uh, we're getting into the summer pretty much at this point. It's about June, so there'll be lots more blockbusters to come. And you can read all about them, as always, on nrealdeep.com. For now, I'm Steve Cimino. And I'm Hulk. And we'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios. See ya.